Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Hey guys, Anna David here. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Welcome if you're new. Welcome back if you're old. Um, I have an amazing guest today. This is a story that I haven't told on the podcast before. I've told a lot of stories. And when I say told, I mean interviewed people who have shared about uh, overcoming alcoholism, overcoming abuse, overcoming trauma, depression, that kind of thing. What A story that has not been told is a story about having a great life, a happy family, uh, plenty of money, and then losing it all, all of it, and then having to build from scratch again, and then building a seven-figure business with quite literally 300,000 people under you. That is the story of Melina Harrison, and that is the story you are about to hear. You are going to love this one. And again, thank you for listening. Here we go. Okay, so I'm so excited to be talking to you, as I mentioned. Um, what I love about your story is that I met you at Genius Network, so I figured, oh, this, this woman's just been a success forever. But in <laughs> fact, this is really new. Somewhat, yes, yeah, somewhat new. Three or four years? Uh, about five now. So I've been um, building my current business, well, you know, it was kind of more of a side hobby until we lost everything. And then obviously I had to dive in full force and really hustle. So I did reach the highest rank in my company just five years ago. So highest rank, meaning the top seller or meaning the highest rank in this network marketing model that they have. And so that's kind of like the end of the rainbow for many people. (laughs) So I did, I did reach that. And then now we're just working on doing it again and spreading as much awareness as we can for natural health. So it's been a really fun journey. But I don't really have a lot of experience in business or in marketing. And so this is where Genius Network came into play. And I remember hearing you on stage and just thinking, oh, she's amazing. And I love really the, your model of, of just bringing another perspective to things so that there's not, there doesn't need to be as much sense of failure and struggle and judgment that we have in our world. And so I really feel so honored to be here with you and I'm excited to, to have a chance to be in your podcast. Oh, that's so sweet. I do remember us chatting at the back of the room. I I can tell you exactly where we were talking, but, um, But so what I'm curious about, what I don't know, is what was happening before the five years? You were building, you were already working for doTERRA, and then what was the crisis that changed everything? 
So, I mean, a couple things. If we if we really start off, I'll tell you, growing up, I remember we were living in Brazil and my dad kind of struggled with a lot of the pressures and responsibility of business. And so he was traveling to the States and just one day decided, this is too much and left. And so my mom had four children. She was your typical kind of like stereotypical, I guess, Latina wife. She didn't have a driver's license. She didn't have a college degree. And so she moved us to the States. And I remember watching her work the graveyard shift, come home at seven, get us ready for school. And then she would go to school to get her degree in a second language. And just watching that struggle, I decided I never want to be in a position that if something happens, I am stuck in this place of just trying to survive. And so I became a massage therapist and had my own practice, worked alongside different doctors and thought, this is great, gives me flexibility. And then when my husband wanted to start his own internet marketing company, I was able to work multiple jobs to be able to support us because Mm -hmm. any of the entrepreneurs out there understand when you start a business, you actually don't make money for quite a while. So Mm -hmm. it does take some, some funding. So I was doing that and he created massive success with a multi-million dollar company. So I just was home as a mom with two young kids and I fell in love with essential oils, which ironically prior in my massage business, I was not a big fan. They, you know, I didn't really, they gave me headaches, they gave rashes. I didn't really understand them. But when I found this line, I actually found them as a mother and I remember just my one-year-old baby having a warm temperature. I put a drop of peppermint on the back of his head and within two minutes, his temperature cooled. And I thought, well, these are really awesome. So I dove into just researching everything I could and became passionate about that. So it was kind of just this side thing where I did some education here and there. I worked with some of the top spas in Vegas, but it wasn't really a business for me because I was focused on other things. And with my husband's company, there was a lawsuit and almost overnight, we lost everything. It was a lawsuit that we ended up settling, but settling a a lawsuit is kind of funny because it took two years and $750,000 in attorney's fees. And in the meantime, your business is gone. So it just kind of destroyed everything. So this was back in 2011. And I had a two-year-old, a five-year-old, and I had a baby on the way. So we moved from, we lived in in Las Vegas, and we moved back to Utah, where I was originally from. And I would drive six hours for my doctor's appointments because I was afraid to have to pay out of network because we literally, we lost our home, our car, everything. It wasn't like we lost our business. We lost everything in our savings. And so I um, would drive six hours, go to my doctor's appointments, and I would teach some classes and do some work, and it would cover my gas and my expenses. And about, so right after I had my baby, I continued to advance in my company. And about six months later, I had, I was bringing in enough income that my husband was able to come home. He was working for his dad at the time, trying to kind of pay our, feed our family. And there was just so much massive opportunity. So I have to give props to him for saying, okay, I will come and help manage all of these things so that you can focus on your business. And then, you know, that was 2012. we tripled our income by the next year, doubled it by the next year. And uh, he's been home ever since, even though originally he agreed to come home for about four months for me to really just focus. So he's been home ever since. And I've been able to, to see 
a lot of things in my working with, I have about 300,000 different accounts in my network marketing model. So I have a responsibility of mentoring and training a lot of people that don't have prior experience on how to build a business. But then I also work with a lot of entrepreneurs that are very successful in other industries and just helping them implement things that help boost their immune system, help them sleep better, help them be more productive and manage emotions. And one thing that I, I, you know, was kind of shocked to understand, you probably had this experience too, was I think we all think we're the only ones that are kind of struggling in some areas or scrambling. And then you go and meet these uber successful people. And what I realized is everybody has their specific skill sets and talents that they're amazing at, but they have gaps or areas where they really are not. And so I, I realized everyone's kind of a mess, really. <laughs> and so if we work within our strengths and try to balance out the areas that we're not strong, then that's what creates true success. But that was really eye-opening for me. And I realized there was a lot of people that needed some, you know, more balance in their life. And that's truly what I believe in. I remember watching my single mom raising everybody thinking, okay, I, that's not really what in the situation I want to be in. And then when my husband was very successful, yes, he was successful, but it was at a different expense. And I remember one day, it might sound spoiled, but with tears in my eyes, you know, he just bought me a Range Rover and like, <laughs> we were doing well. But I remember saying, I don't care how much money you make. I'm lonely. And I, I feel like we're getting your leftovers. You're putting it all out into your business and then coming home exhausted and really not living life to the fullest. And I really want people to understand that you can build a business and create that business that you want while living the life that you love. You don't have to put your life on hold to hustle, 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 and then someday enjoy it. And it's really about finding that, that true balance. I love so many things you said. And the, but the thing that my brain just launched, latched onto was 300,000 people. Is it, did you say that people working under you? (laughs) Yes. And you know, a lot of them are customers that just need to be served as customers. And then a lot of them really are wanting to duplicate the network marketing model, which is so funny because I didn't understand network marketing for a while and was kind of anti, but I think if you look at truly successful people, so much of it depends on community. And I absolutely love this ability to link arms with people and pour into them and help them be successful. And my success is really just, you know, something that happens by helping other people be successful. Now, Yes. And community is important for everything, for our personal lives. You know, that's the whole thing about recovery is no matter what people think and and they fight about the best way to do it, they all agree community is key. How on earth do you build like that? I mean, you started off with your friends, obviously. Mm -hmm. Then what what happened? You know, (laughs) I, I, I would have to say that when you have a product that's amazing and you're passionate about it, it just continues to duplicate. So I am very good at maximizing a situation. I'm very strategic. And so community, again, is going to be that, that thing. Initially, my husband would kind of say, because remember he was doing well at the time, 
And I would go and teach a class once a week. And he would say, I just don't understand this. I work really hard so that you don't have to work. So why am I home, you know, watching the kids for you to go and teach this class once a week? And it kind of stopped me for a minute because I didn't understand really. But what it came down to was as a stay-at-home mom at the time, I craved community. I wanted to get out of the house. And I just told him, I don't know, I really like it. I feel smart. I'm talking to other adults. And I feel like that really resonates with so many women that really wanted to be a part of a community and a part of a movement and, and feel like they were helping other people and doing something outside of ABCs and one, two, threes, as fulfilling as motherhood is, it was great to see something that I could actually make progress in because you can't really make progress in laundry. It just keeps multiplying. (laughs) You know, you you can't check it off the list. You can learn to make your whites whiter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sooner or later, if you've got a, a white that's five years old, it's going to look five years old or and it's going to be dirty the next week when you wash, you know. So I did like having something that I could progress with, but I also really maximized on my community. So for example, when I was struggling financially and, you know, I was juggling a brand new baby, two young kids, and my husband was still working, I teamed up with a neighbor and she would make dinner Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I would make dinner Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. That freed up three nights that I didn't have to worry about cooking. I could just cook more on the nights that I did. And that gave me a couple extra hours to put into my business. I had another friend who, you know, my, our kids went to preschool together. So she would take them on Tuesdays. I would take them on Thursdays. And then, you know, if you have kids, you may as well have a couple extra. It's not a big deal. Right. But then it gave me hours that I could get on calls and I could do things. It meant waking up earlier before my kids got up and staying up later after they went to bed. And so I think that if you plan and really tap into a community of support, anybody can have time to accomplish their goals. I think a lot of times people just don't prioritize it enough and wait for all of the stars to align perfectly instead of going out and seeing what stars you can align by your own doing. Right. And, and I think people don't strategize. That's some strategy. Hey, I'll cook a couple nights a week. You cook. A, I've actually, obviously I've heard of people, you know, taking other people's kids and sharing that responsibility, but the cooking is pretty, that's, that's a businesswoman <laughs> who's thinking of that. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's not a lot of extra work. You just double a recipe and so yeah. it's just all of the little things like that, that you can, that you can do. And if, I was traveling somewhere, I would take my kids to Disneyland because I had to be doing a presentation in Anaheim. And so I would do my work and I could write it off, but I could have some time with my, my children as well because I just am such a firm believer in not sacrificing things of today so that tomorrow I have regrets. I might have a lot of money, but I might be lonely or have regrets with my children. And so with that, self-care has always been something that I think is important. Mm-hmm. And there were times that self-care meant I took a bubble bath because that was in the budget. And then there's right. other times, you know, like now that's float tanks and massage and, you know, ca- coaching and things like that. Right. But I think if you are in a position where you're giving to a lot of people, you have to make it a priority and strategize self-care, right? So, okay. But I still want to go back to, okay, fine. You understood the importance of community how did, what are the steps you took to grow uh, your business? 
So I'm very big on mentoring. So when I talk to people, you know, I really identify what their needs are, not what my needs are, but what are their needs so I can support them accordingly. And if they're a consumer, then they need more just education on how to implement my products on a regular basis. If you don't do that right, you don't have consumers for very long. I have people that, um, you know, purchased a kit from me and have been ordering every month for almost 10 years because they're well educated on how to implement things into their daily lives. So that creates a stability and honestly is where 80% of my income comes from and it creates stability for the entire organization. And then there's some people that, you know, yes, I love these products and I know other people that would love them too, but they're very busy. They don't want a business or I, I work with spa directors or chiropractors or doctors or business owners that love the products that I sell, but obviously they have their specific focus and running their business. And so my job is to strategically create a process where they really don't have to do anything other than connect me and the products to their network. And I take care of everything else. Uh, if I was expecting them to be on webinars and be on trainings, then that wouldn't work for them. So it's really about understanding that. And then it's a seamless process for people to say, oh yeah, these are great. You can do a workshop for my patients, or you can do a workshop for these clients, or I'll put this up out on my retail shelves, or you can come train my massage therapist or my spa attendants. So the better I educate and make things easy, then the more likely people just implement things. And that kind of takes off on its own. And many times they end up retiring from their other <laughs> practice. And then there's people that really will say, you know, I, I need another income or they're really wanting to create a business. And when you find those people, you have a window period, I feel like of about 60 to 90 days. And if I can mentor them and really, I look at myself kind of as a personal trainer, anybody can get in shape on their own. But when you have somebody that you have to show up for, and you create an action plan around a personal trainer doesn't won't ever go to you Anna and say well you need to lose 15 pounds here's what you need to do that's not how it works they you go to them and you say these are my goals and then they create a plan according to it and if you have a knee injury then they're going to have to adjust for that and if you have you know specific goals so that's what i look at in business mentoring is i look at what people's goals are their goals not mine if you start to put my goals on somebody else, then they'll shut down very quickly. So their goals, and we look at their strengths. I, I love Gallup Strength Finder. I love the Colby assessment and understanding where someone's coming from, what they have to bring to the table, as well as where they have those gaps that we talked about, right? Where some people have, and what I can do to offset those and cover that. And if you can help somebody be successful doing something that they love, then it's really not difficult. It just explodes from there and it continues to duplicate. So with this model, honestly, on a regular basis, I work with about nine or 10 people closely. Otherwise, most of that is just a trickle down effect. I do have programs that I run. I do have a whole you know, process where I pay the people that have certain levels of success within my organization to coach programs that I've put together so that, you know, they've already reached a certain level so they can coach the level underneath them and I'll pay them, which kind of supplements a little bit and it helps them to teach because you learn so much better when you're actually teaching something. And then, so if somebody, you know, is, is, has a goal and they want to reach it, I have everything outlined step-by-step step for them. And we've got 
community and support to help them along the way. And so it's been really, really fun. It's, I love it. And, and it's cool that just about anywhere I go in the world, if I needed something, I could put it out on my team and I would have it within minutes. And it's happened before where I needed an oil or I needed a ride or I needed something. And I, I just really love having that ne network globally across the world. So that's amazing that you work closely with a, a under 10 people, because when you were talking about it, I said, I was saying to myself, how do you possibly have time? Now, that idea about putting together trainings for the people under you, that was something you came up with yourself. I've never heard of that. I don't know a ton about network marketing, but is that something you came up with? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's training that's available online, but what I found was if you send somebody to a website, then they kind of go down a rabbit hole and who knows what's going on. And so if you put them, like I, I love the Thinkific platform, so I can put all of the content on there and have them go through that. But yeah, I, I wanted accountability. And at first it was me running programs. You know, we've got the content, but they needed the accountability. They needed the community. So it was me working with groups of people. And obviously that you can only do that for so long. And then, you know, there's a lot of different levels of ranks. So why don't we just take someone who's already been there and done that? They don't need to be a top producer. They just need to have mastered the skills in that first level. And they can go through and coach. And obviously my, my assistant has put together the program. So all of the contents there, they don't have to really come up with anything. There's an outline for the coaches that I hire. And then there's a Facebook community that my assistant puts together. She adds it all in. So they don't have to do a lot other than show up and work with and give some feedback and they get paid bonuses based on the percentage of people that complete it and the percentage of people that actually progress because I want them to have have that sense of responsibility because a lot of these people, they're on my team, but they're not on their team. Right. And there is something powerful about that too, because you're never a profit in your own home. So there's something really powerful with somebody having maybe a mentor that they, that brought them into this company, but having somebody that's not directly related to them, they can say the same thing. And sometimes it hits a little bit different because right. it's coming from a different source. But yeah, the, honestly, the network marketing model really does is supportive of that because I have my top key leaders and I pour into them. I have their back 100% no matter what. And then they do that with their key leaders and it just kind of duplicates. And once in a while, like this last week, we had, you know, a huge institute of health wanting to come and bring on one of the courses that I created to their institute, which would be great. So my leader calls me and got to go, you know, and I show up for whatever they need me to show up for if it's possible, right? Within certain boundaries, I definitely have boundaries and hours I work and days I'm off. So, um, that's, that's very easy for me because I don't have to worry about everything else. I just know if I take care of my people well, they'll take care of their people well. And then I have the, the overarching systems in place that kind of provides a safety net for anybody that is not connected to an active community because I never want anybody feeling alone in this world within my organization or outside of it. It's, I think loneliness really causes just a lot of problems from there. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that perfectly ties into the topic, which is uh, using your, your worst experiences to create your success, because you mentioned the word lonely when you were raising kids and your husband was 
off working. How do you think you were able to take, you know, your struggles and make them, make it them into your success? I think it's just really getting clear on what things you want in your life and creating a plan for that. Uh, I, I knew financial security was something that was really important to me. I, I mentioned how my dad left, but we would go and visit him in the summers and he just never really had a stable job. He did odd things. So he would camp during the summers. So he didn't have to pay for rent or anything. So I spent my summers camping in Arizona where it was hot and <laughs> we would bathe in the river and, you know, he would go behind grocery stores and try to get some extra food from the dumpsters. And so I've, I've lived like both sides of the spectrum of having financial abundance and having really no financial access to anything. And it, I think it's a great perspective and it's not necessarily happier. I've seen people with a lot of financial abundance that are held hostage to it. So I think it's getting really clear on what you want and financial success is not what I want. I want financial freedom to have the freedom to make the choices I need to make, but also to free up the time so that I can focus on the things that matter most to me, like my family. So I put about 25 hours a week to my business, but outside of that, I'm very open for my, my family because I don't think that your family is something that should have to fit around your work. I think you should be able to live your life focused on the things that matter most to you and fit your work around that. And that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur is you can kind of create, create that. So I do think it's being clear and then setting up the process to do that. Even if it's one step at a time, it doesn't need to be, Oh, I'm going to make a million dollars my first year. It might be, okay, I need to get out of debt or I want to pay off these bills or I want to create a nest egg or I want to have some investment properties. So I think really that's, that's where it comes from. And I think everybody has different needs. I don't think there's one right way to do it for everyone. We grew up with a saying in our home that there's two kinds of people in the world. There's the ones you love and the ones you don't understand. And as I go about working with people, I try to remember that because if you think about it, even the most awful people, they're loved by their families. The people that know the maybe. worst things about you, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. If, they, if their family is somewhat, but you know, you've seen these people or their spouse or, you know, a Someone lot of times, loves them, their dog. Okay, go on. Sorry. Well, you're, well, dogs love everybody, but usually people have, you know, there's yes. at least a handful of people that love them and they're the people that are close enough to understand where they're coming from. Right. right. Um, some people have families that are not very understanding, but if you understand where someone is coming from, then you can always have love and compassion for them. Even if you don't agree with their decisions or things that they're doing, there can still be a love there. And so as we're going about trying to create our goals and we're looking at other people trying to create their goals and sometimes our goals conflict or sometimes there's just processes that we have to go through. I try to keep that in mind so that I can be very clear about what is it that I really want? Why is it that I want that? And in what way am I willing to achieve that? At what cost and what things are non-negotiable will I not sacrifice to achieve that? I love it. Now, now you have a choice. You could not share the struggles you had five years ago, and yet you choose to. Why is that? Um, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> so in my experience, I do, I, I hear a lot of excuses. I just, 
everybody has their whole bag of excuses and reasons why they can't show up for things and reasons why they can't do things. And so I do think it's important that once you get to a certain level, sometimes people feel like, well, you don't understand. You have your cleaning lady and your husband's home full time and you have assistants who have assistants and you know, there's, there's this whole community that I've created around myself. So I'm not as relatable as you know, what they're going through when they're struggling to feed their family. And so I, I want to share with people, yes, you're in a very uncomfortable situation. I was in a very uncomfortable situation. And I remember thinking, I do not like the way it feels. Do I want to feel like this for a long period of time and drag it out? Or do I want to buckle down and make some sacrifices right now so that I don't have to be in this situation for very long. And so I did make the choices that I had to make. And I remember double booking myself on my daughter's first day of school and just crying the whole way that I was driving to this event that I had accidentally booked myself for and feeling like, you know, mom guilt, all of the things. And I remember telling that story to somebody and my daughter, who's 13 now, because she, she had no clue. This was a couple of years ago. And she was like, you missed my first day of school. She had no idea. It didn't affect her whatsoever. It affected me because, you know, the story I had told myself of being a neglectful mother, what all of the things that specifically women type, try to put on ourselves. So I think it's important to share perspective of where you've been so that other people can see themselves in your path so that they can do it too. And I've had so many people that will meet me and say things. I, I don't know if, don't know if they're disappointed or they just see meet me and I'm just a regular normal person. And somehow they had these other ideas of the type of person you had to be to be, to create success. And I think that that connection and that community allows them to see themselves on any path, that they're just as smart and they're just as capable and they have all of the tools necessary. It's just about making the commitment and making the plan and, and sticking to the commitment and following through with the actions that you've put in place. So I think it's so, so crucial. Also, the more you understand somebody, the more you can love them. So <laughs> if people understand where you're coming from, then things make sense. Yeah, I love that. Now, you have not done a book yet. Is that correct, sharing your story? I, and why not? I haven't. You know, I just don't know where to begin. I know that you could probably set me up with that. I sure could. <laughs> I, because don't you owe it to the world to tell more people than you're already reaching? Yes, yes. I, I think you're right. And it's been on my mind. Sometimes it's just that story of well, what part of the story would I tell and how vulnerable would I want to be and who could it offend? It, so I do tell myself those stories. And it's really just been about making it a priority and creating the time to do it. But it's something that I've actually been thinking about for the last year or so because I've had quite a few people ask. But like I said, people come with their own skills and writing is not mine. I can talk. You sure can. <laughs> so it's the writing part. Well, that's what, what my company does. We'll talk. I know. We'll talk. Yes, yes. Okay. I know you do. You can make it super easy for me. It just has to so be something that easy. we decide. Yeah, let's do that. Um, okay, now we get to the lightning round. Here is where you just say the first thing that comes to mind. Don't think about it. Okay, what is your morning routine? Morning routine wake up. I love the miracle morning. So I do that. I, I do my meditation. I do affirmations. I use oils of frankincense for that. Then I go running with my dog. 
I stand on this vibration machine to kind of work with the energy in my body. I put oils in my shower and steam for a little bit. Then I do a protein shake and lots of water, do my vitamins, which is just a whole handful and go on with my day. I love it. What's the best, uh, this is not part of the lightning round. What's the best uh, oil for your shower? So I really like anything that opens up the airways. So peppermint, eucalyptus, cardamom, anything for respiratory. I think oxygen is where so much of our fuel comes from and our energy that the more oxygen you can get into your body, the more energy and alert, alertness you have. So you just turn on the shower and, th and throw the oils in? How do you do it? Yeah, I, I personally have a steam shower that I put in, but when I travel, I just put a couple drops on the floor and then you turn the shower on and it creates, it just opens the airways. Okay, what is a book that changed your life? So lots of books, so it's hard about this. Pick but <laughs> Unconditional Parenting by Alfie Cohn was a really interesting one because it kind of rocked my world on what I thought. And it's about how positive reinforcement can be just as damaging as negative reinforcement on training children to do the thing, to do things based on reward and punishment versus to do things from intrinsic value perspective. So that was very, very insightful. Love it. What is a favorite quote? Oh, that's a hard one. I, really, the one I mostly live with is there's two kinds of people in the world, the ones you love and the ones you don't understand. I'm stealing that. You might see it on my Instagram later today. Perfect. Have you, have you had a mentor? I've had a lot of mentors. Uh, I really love Dan Sullivan, who's in Genius Network with us. I do his strategic coaching program. Uh, and just there's a lot of insight that any, any mentors that can make me think differently, that's a good mentor. You mentioned meditation. Is that your spiritual practice or is there more to it? Uh, reading, prayer. I do a lot of prayer, meditation. I do church, <laughs> which can Amazing. sometimes be great. Just because you sleep in a garage doesn't make you a car, and just because you go to church doesn't make you spiritual. So I understand that. Um, what is your best quality? I would say perseverance. I would say that I just persevere when something needs to be done. I just keep at it. How do you define dark? Dark. I, I would go back to loneliness. Like anytime mm. someone is alone, it's a dark place to feel. So to really bring them out of the light would be tapping into a community somewhere that they feel welcome and that they belong. How do you define light? Is it community? Yes. <laughs> yeah, community and self-love. I think self-love is super crucial. You could have a lot of people in your community that love you, but if you don't love yourself, it cannot feel that light. You are a goddess. You made it through. This was so great. Um, if people want to find you, what's the best way? So I'm on Instagram at Melina Harrison. I have my website, Melina Harrison, or Well-Oiled Entrepreneur, where I focus on entrepreneurs and helping them with productivity and Facebook community. Those are really probably soon I'll have a book that they could look for. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, and also we should mention that your name is spelled M-E-L-Y-N-A in case anybody gets confused yes. by that. Um, thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening. Um, I will see you next time. By the way, if you're interested in doing a book, you should reach out to me too. Find out all about that at Light Hustle Publishing. We'll see you next time.